Now, back to the Ottawa Senators pregame show with TSN 1200's NHL insider, Darren Dreger, for Bean Chevrolet Buick GMC. Welcome back to the Ottawa Senators pregame show. It is now time for the NHL Insider Report with TSN's Darren Dreger. Darren, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm doing okay. i got uh, an eye on the Boston-Edmonton game right now. It's, uh, the Bruins leading the Edmonton Oilers, but this one has been a, a bit of a barn burner back and forth. So a lot of stuff happening right now, Creech. Nice, yeah, I got that one on in the background in the studio. I, I guess that uh, goal must have been taken off the board in between my uh, my looks at the TV screen, but that uh, yeah. definitely a highlight of the schedule, McDavid and uh, and the Red Hot Bruins. It could clinch a playoff spot. Uh, what are they, 50, 63, 64 games into the season? That's uh, incredible, Crazy. the pace they're on, Dregs. It, it really is. Um, and, and not to do a, a history lesson of the season on the Boston Bruins, but it kind of feels appropriate to go back to the start of the year. Jim Montgomery comes in, and rather than blow things up, or or change anything dramatically. You know, new coaches, Greeks want to come in, put their stamp on a team, and normally that comes in the way of restructuring defense, right, getting new systems in place. Montgomery didn't do that. He acknowledged the good work by Bruce Cassidy prior to and said, well, there's no work for me to do here, so let's leave this group intact. And, you know, he spent more of his attention just tweaking the offense and and – trying little subtle differences, moving Pasternak, you know, to a different line and, and moving Jake DeBrusque up and things like that. And then you look at the goaltending, uh, you know, there's, it's, it's Swayman in that tonight, but Linus Allmark has been light so good for the Boston Bruins. And, and all of that then culminates around the trade deadline where Don Sweeney has seen enough of this group to, you know, give them more help. So he makes the trade and acquires Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway. And then they run into injury trouble with Felino and Taylor Hall. So he scoops Tyler Bertuzzi from the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, it's, it's just, it, it, it's a year unlike any that we've seen in a long, long time. But there's still a lot of hockey left. And obviously what happens in the regular season doesn't matter until you get to the playoffs. And that's the true measure. Just while we're talking other teams, let's begin with league-wide stuff before getting to our game tonight. Usually we start with Sens, but yeah. we'll, we'll get to that eventually. Um, yeah. I don't think I've asked you this question since the deadline, but it, the way that Boston and, and Toronto loaded up, Tampa made uh, a significant move as well. Uh, you look at the powers uh, in, the, in the Metro yeah. Division as well with New Jersey and the Rangers. Is, is there one team that you like the most for, for what they did as they gear up to just go through what's going to be a crazy Eastern Conference? Well, it seems like you're right. You have to put the Bruins aside because it's, it's hard to imagine Don Sweeney and that group doing more to help that team. So let's just push, push Boston to the side a little bit. Um, sometimes it's, it's not what you do. Maybe it's, it's how you do it. And um, maybe doing less is more, if that makes any sense. So, I, I was a, initially critical of the Carolina Hurricanes preach because I, I really thought that Don Waddell would feel pressure internally or from ownership to go out and, and add some scoring punch. And he didn't do that offensively. He brought in Shane Goss's pair. And obviously, you know, he was there for the salary dump of Jesse Pugliarvi from the Edmonton Oilers. But, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes are like, yeah, okay, we're good. You know, we, we don't need to worry about that. And they just continue to play that real high-tempo game that they play. 
You know, they're sound defensively, their goaltending is good, and on and on and on it goes. So as much as we're drawn to the headlines of what Boston did and Toronto Maple Leafs make a couple of big deals, sometimes it's just recognize that your group is good and there's no sense overpaying for something that isn't going to realistically make you better. Yeah, they could have swooped in and, and, and picked JBR from the Philadelphia Flyers for little, but if he can't play the way that Rod Brendamore needs him to play, then why bother, right? So I, I think that's a real interesting internal approach by the Carolina Hurricanes, and based on the way they played since the deadline, I mean, we haven't seen a lot, but I have no reason to question they're not going to continue to play the way that they played in beating up on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, that's, that's a team that maybe is, is going to put the critics, you know, to, to the wayside because they're just going to continue to roll or so it seems. Another game tonight that uh, a lot of Eastern Conference playoff hopefuls are, are, ch- are checking, uh, checking in on is Pittsburgh and, and the Islanders. Uh, currently 2-1 Penguins uh, midway through that game. And I want to ask you a question that Jamie Baker and yeah. I were having before the start of the pregame yeah. show. is So they, they currently have the two wildcard spots. Uh, the Islanders have played three more games than both the Senators and, and the Penguins. So in your opinion, would you want to see Pittsburgh win this game to keep the Islanders back? Or, or do you think the Islanders to win um, so that you're chasing <laughs> two teams instead of one spot? That, that would be my thinking. Um, and at this point, you know, pick your poison, right? Like, oh, yeah, you know, the only thing Ottawa is focused on right now is, you know, Creech is, is doing what they can do and controlling their own destiny. And, you know, they vowed to be better uh, after the setback versus the Chicago Blackhawks. And I think they will be. Again, we'll talk about this team, but, you know, tonight's game against the Seattle Kraken is a tough one because of the opponent. And the Seattle Kraken are for real. And this is a contending team in the West. So you want all the other teams that you're battling for in the playoff spot to keep pecking away at each other. And, and so, you know, if, if, if the Islanders are able to, to squeeze Pittsburgh, maybe that just gives a little bit more juice to Ottawa and some of the other teams in that mix. Everyone can agree. It's got to be a, not a three point game though, <laughs> for sure. No, um, for sure. Let's uh, let's get to the Sens game tonight. Uh, they of course snapped their five game winning streak uh, with a with an ugly loss to the Blackhawks, uh, one of the the worst teams in the league. Um, I, I really I often admire what, what Brady Kachuk has to say, but I, I really liked his comments after that loss. He said it was embarrassing. He said maybe it was a reminder that they were there not too long ago. Um, they were looking for points, etc. He and he and he. He definitely deflected away from his, his young goaltender as well. Just thoughts on, on yeah. the way Brady handled that, and, and maybe if you want to weigh in on, on the on-ice stuff as well, too, with uh, him getting into it at the end. Yeah, well, that's kind of the character of Brady Kachuk, right? Like, leave a mark in some way, shape, or form. And even though, you know, clearly as a team, you haven't played up to your standard, you know, go out with some pride in a game that you need to win. Obviously, you need to win in the standings. Um, but you took your foot off the pedal collectively uh, against a team that doesn't want to win, but the players are still playing for pride. And in some cases in Chicago, they're clearly playing for their jobs in the future. But when I, you know, when I heard and then I watched what Brady said, it's like he's looking in a mirror, right? He's not judging everyone. He's judging himself. And then by extension, he's judging the team. So even though he's, he's holding the group accountable, it starts with him. And he acknowledges that 
first and foremost. So, you know, you hope as a captain or a leader on any team, you don't have to do that too many times. This was the appropriate time to do it, though, right? Well, you, you know, you can't wait until post game against Seattle or the next game, you know, when now all of a sudden now you've lost three in a row and deliver that speech because of all the great work that Brady and company have done to get to the point that they're in right now. They're legitimately in the playoff picture. They're in the mix. So that was a setback. It was disappointing. It was unacceptable. I'm sure internally that's a word that they would use. But how do you correct it? You correct it by giving that leash a good tug. And that's what he did. And I'm sure that Claude Giroux and the other leaders inside that room um, delivered the same message probably stronger as to what's expected from everyone, from everyone going into tonight's game in Seattle. So I think it was an appropriate message. I really do. And I, I expect that that team is going to be fully charged tonight taking on Seattle. Yeah, totally. I, I definitely expect a, a great effort from uh, from the leader of this team and the, and the group, the leadership group of this team as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, Dregs, you were reporting on uh, Cam Talbot and, and that he'll be – uh, out at least three weeks. Uh, Pierre Dorian at, on deadline day was was asked if he was thinking about acquiring depth at the goaltender position, and he said no. Uh, he wrote in his notebook, Mad Sogard, NHL ready. How much pressure right. is on uh, both Sogard and Mandelazy down this uh, stretch here as they try to continue being in a playoff spot or a playoff well, race? Yeah, you know what, Creature? I mean, I, I, I think if there's pressure, it's it's external pressure that I'm not sure those guys would feel. You know, you're you're either ready or you're not ready. And and I don't think we've seen enough. We obviously haven't seen enough from either goaltender to make the assumption that they are NHL ready. But we know they're both NHL worthy. And Matt Sogard is a goaltender of the future, according to management of the Ottawa Senators. Um, so, you know, the, the, the limited experience that he has at the NHL level, of course that's daunting. I mean, we look at it and we say, all right, well, are they going to be able to shoulder the load? But I think the pressure they felt has, has been there for a long time and just getting to this point. This is what you'll work for as an NHL player is to get the opportunity to prove that you're worthy of being a full-time NHL player. That's what you work for. Goaltending is different. Defense is a little bit different because it's a limited position and there are so few jobs. But I don't I, – like, again, when you look organizationally – I don't think anyone doubts the future of Matt Sogard. Um, Mandalay is a little bit different, you know, but but still, I I think that that Dorian and DJ and company have tremendous faith in the ability of both those guys. Yeah, it's, they're going to feel the heat. There's no doubt about that. And you know, it's it's unfortunate that Cam Talbot gets injured because you know it's unfortunate for him. He can't stay healthy. He's a veteran goalie who wants to do everything he can to be part of the playoff picture and doing, you know, what is, is, is very difficult locking down a playoff spot, but you can't worry about that because he's not available. So I don't know that it's, it's pressure internally. If there is any pressure, those goalies feel it's more external than anything. Uh Last one for hockey-related stuff here for the Senators. And uh, I heard earlier today your colleague, Craig Button, uh, described this season right now as icing on the cake if they get into uh, the playoffs because they, they've already had a successful season, in his opinion, uh, because they're in yeah. this spot where they're chasing the playoffs. Do you believe uh, that's the case as well? Yeah, I, I, I do, but I, I guess I would be a little bit more cynical or critical than Craig. 
and Craig is normally very critical, as we know. <laughs> um, I, I I feel like if if the Ottawa Senators don't qualify for the playoffs, that it does feel like a missed opportunity here this year. It does, and I don't know what the market feels like there, Creech. You've got a better handle on that. I look at at, at the development of certain players. I see the growth individually, no question about it. I see the struggles that they've had to contend with, with key guys out of the lineup for lengthy term, you know, because of injury. You know, Josh Norris comes to mind. Go down the list here. Uh, Based on everything that Doreen did in the offseason, it it just felt like this was a year where the Ottawa Senators were not only going to make strides, because they've made strides, that's undeniable, but that they were going to find a way to get there. Um, I'm kind of on the fence. I'm on the fence. I'm not going to say that if they miss the playoffs by three points, that this season is, is a deep disappointment. I don't think that's fair to the players and the adversity and everything that this organization has had to go through. But ah, based on the stretches where this team has been really good, and that's of late aside, let's, let's just wash that Chicago game out for a moment. If the Ottawa Senators had played more of the style of hockey that they played leading up to that Chicago game, we're not having this conversation. We're not, because um, there, there was opportunity with Pittsburgh slumping, with the Washington Capitals doing what they did, with the New York Islanders struggling at varying points. There was a door open at least a little bit for a team like Ottawa to make their way in. Uh, last sentence-related one for you, Sportico, uh with a piece reporting today that nine different groups submitted bids to buy the Senators. Um, it's possible we could see this team sold for 900 plus million. Um, just, do you have any updates on, no. on the status of, of the sale of this team and uh, anything from that reporting? I don't Creech. Uh, and look, our colleague Bruce Garriock has been all over this from beginning here and he'll cover it through to the end. So I get much of my intelligence from him, but I did do some poking around today what I can tell you is that um, number nine might be a tad high, and I can't say that with any level of certainty, but there, there are multiple teams that are groups that have, have put a bid in and are deeply interested in the Ottawa Senators. I don't have a specific number, and I don't know that we're going to get a specific number until the process has concluded, because what I can tell you with certainty is that high-level NHL sources want this out of the media, not in the media. There are no hints. There is no, you know, off-the-record information. They don't want this to play out in the media. They, they want it to be handled as professionally and under the radar as possible. That's really, really hard to do. Um, but I think that we've got to be careful with with some of the reporting, not all of it. You know, I trust these guys because I'm not as invested. But somewhere in the middle, I think, is the truth when it comes to these things. And last one for you. Just uh, We touched on Seattle a little bit off the top. And just doing research for tonight's broadcast, uh, just some of the things that amaze me is where this team's at considering a number of things. Like where they were 30th last year. Uh, although their, their PK has been scorching hot lately, but their, their special teams rank at 20 and 26 respectively in the NHL. Yeah. Their goaltending, both of their goaltenders have sub 900 save percentages. What What's so special about uh, what Seattle's doing right now is they're in a legitimate fight for the Pacific Division. A little bit of everything though, right? Like you're right, the goaltending, the numbers don't look good, but... The, the goalies there seem to have good starts at the right time. 
Um, and what that means is, you know, they find a way to button down when they're in a tight game or a losing skid doesn't turn into a legit five gamer or higher, right? So they've managed their highs and they've managed their lows. They get a good amount of offense uh, from both sides, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, from their forwards and from their defense as well. So I think the work that Ron Hextall, or, oh boy, Francis did, <laughs> I think in Pittsburgh earlier, Ronnie Francis did in the offseason in bringing in the pieces that he did uh, made a, a, a big difference. It did, because now if you're Dave Hextall, and you know you're looking at the lineup that you can put out there you know when this team broke into the league it's survival mode right i mean they didn't have the same sort of fleet of players that the vegas golden knights have because uh, other teams around the league were that much smarter and they're wheeling and dealing and getting ready for you know the 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 draft lottery and all of those things so um I think it's just a combination of balance, to be fair. I, you know, you can, you can pick forwards out that are having tremendous years, and there's three or four of them. And, again, as I mentioned, you can look at Vince Dunn and some of the defensive elements that they have that are maybe career-wise overachieving, and their goaltending has been good enough. I mean, what, what's clear, though, Creech, is that they're not going backwards. At least they haven't shown that at this point. You know, we thought that the, the Seattle Kraken – we're going to be a team that, all right, they're, they're, they're better than they were a year ago, but at the end of the day, they're going to find a way to crash down back to earth and they'll likely finish just out of the playoffs. That's not going to be the case. This team has proven that they are legit, and clearly, statistically, they're one of the contending teams in the Western Conference. Thanks. Really appreciate your time uh, and insight as always. So thank you and enjoy the uh, out-of-town scoreboard uh, in the rest of your yeah. evening. All right, buddy. Enjoy the game. It's a late one. Yes, sir.